Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So hear me out. It's free. My father-in-law always says, the only thing better than cheap is free. So take advantage of it. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit from your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the podcast platforms out there. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to know to make a podcast in one place. So, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, Razorback fans, and welcome to another fabulous episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. We just wanted to say thank you for downloading and listening to what myself, Ty Hudson, Jacob, and our producer, Porter, all have to say on all things Razorback Athletics. For those of you on iTunes or Spotify, wherever, however you're listening to our content, if you would please leave behind a written review and, I don't know, maybe give us some star power, that'd be excellent. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks again from your boys here at the HTP. Also, please don't hold what you hear on the podcast against us. We sometimes like to drink before we record. Okay. All right. Sometimes I like to drink before, during, and after we record. Go Hogs! going on Arkansas Razorback fans SEC fans everywhere welcome to the hog talk podcast episode number 44 I am Ty Hudson filling in for Jacob Davis who's just busy with work uh, we will have him on later on in the show I'm laughing because uh, <laughs> uh, plane tracking 2019 it is full go man I mean people are tracking the planes they're giving all these these they're live streaming there are people live streaming down at the Springdale Airport. <laughs> Trying to just, I don't know, be on the scene. You know, everybody wants to be a star. So they go down there and they, they live stream on Periscope, the uh, the plane. Right down the road from my house, actually. Hell, I probably could have gone down there, but my wife uh, had to leave. And, and I, it's just me and my two girls, so I couldn't just leave them here. And I damn sure wasn't going to take them down there. It's freezing cold outside right now. But I would have gone. Why not? Join in on the fun. I've I've been kind of keeping up with it a little bit today. But it's fun, man. This is the funnest part of the coaching search. Don't even deny it. Don't even deny it. This is what makes it great. So Lane Kiffin is where all the smoke is right now. It's been reported that Kiffin has been offered the job, but obviously the University of Arkansas hasn't said anything. Nobody out of Lane Kiffin's camp has yet to say anything. As I've been trying to record, and I keep having to stop because my kids keep running around the house yelling and screaming and my dog barking, so you'll probably hear some of that in the background. But um, a lot of firings have gone down already. I believe USC fired their guy, uh, Ole Miss, I had read that Ole Miss uh, fired uh, fired their guy. They fired uh, – I'm, I'm trying to read everything in front of me here. A lot of coaching firings going on here. Charlie Strong was fired. I know that's a name that Arkansas fans are familiar with. 
that was a that was a big one. Yeah, Matt Luke fired, and um, I don't know. It's crazy. Here's this is from Dan Wolken talking about the Arkansas stuff. <laughs> Joining in on the madness, he says, uh, Arkansas fans have been tracking planes all day after doing some digging. The search team led by Hunter Yurchak and John Fag is indeed hopping around talking to candidates. They were in Boca Raton today per two sources, more interviews scheduled. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's from that's from Dan. Uh, USA Today, Dan Walken on Twitter. So I think there's definitely some smoke there. And I'm going to tell you this. Lane Kiffin doesn't blow everybody away. I know there's some people that are kind of on the fence about him. And I, hell, I know people that don't want him here at all. You have to admit, what he did at both Tennessee and USC as a head coach, is, is it's promising. It's gotta, you've got to at least believe that he could do better than Chad Morris. My fear is that the hole has been dug so deep at Arkansas with bad hire after bad hire ever since Petrino was fired starting with John L., going to Brett Bielema, and then with Chad Morris, I, I don't know what it's going to take to win here. I don't. And, I, and I'm, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be too pessimistic about it. And by the way, I've been accused of being a sunshine pumper by more than just people on the Internet, by personal friends and family. Uh, I just don't know what it's going to take to dig Arkansas out. Maybe Kiffin's the guy. Uh, let's go over what he did do. Kiffin at Tennessee, his only head coaching gig at a power, or uh, excuse me, at an SEC school as a head coach. He went seven and six, and that same year, I, I mean, they weren't too bad. His one and only year there, they weren't too terrible. They uh, they did lose to, to USC or excuse me to uh, UCLA fifteen to nineteen, and then they go on the road. On September 19th at 3.30 p.m. on the road against Florida, number one ranked Florida at the time and lost by 10, 13 to 23. They turn around, they beat Ohio, uh, not obviously not Ohio State, but Ohio. Uh, the Bobcats, right? Isn't that what they are? The Bobcats. They On October 3rd at Neyland Stadium, they lose to Auburn 26 to 22. They beat... Georgia, 45 to 19. Then they turn around on the road at Bryant Denny Stadium in front of 90 plus thousand people and only lose to Bama 10 to 12. Right? Then they go, they beat South Carolina, who at the time was ranked. They beat Memphis 56 to 28. They lose on the road against Ole Miss. Remember, this was 09. Or, uh, yeah, 09. Uh, and then he uh, he closes his SEC schedule out with a couple of wins at, uh, at home against Vanderbilt, then on the road against Kentucky. And that was a, an overtime win in front of uh, almost 71,000 people. Look, I, I'm not saying he's my number one guy. I'm not even saying he's he's in my top three, but I don't think he's someone I'm going to protest when they hire. Or if, if, if they hire, I should say. If that is their guy, if he does indeed accept the job, <laughs> you know, down in, down in Boca, you clearly haven't been in Boca or been to Boca, I think's what he said, what Lane Kiffin said on Twitter responding to a Razorback fan. But if they do peel him away, and, and it's not that FAU – look, if he does turn the job down, I want to say this. It's not because FAU's this great job. It's because Arkansas right now, the perception is that that, that Arkansas is a dumpster fire. And, and some of you would probably even argue that it is a dumpster fire. It's going to be tough to attract a big name. I know people want that shock and all hire. I just don't think it's going to happen. And some people think Kiffin would be the shock and all kind of hire. Look, again, I'm not – I'm not uh, 
I'm not endorsing Kiffin. Okay. Again, I'm saying I wouldn't stand in the way of the hire. You won't hear me criticize this hire. I won't. You know, yeah, he was at USC. He had some success at USC there early on. He went eight and five, ten and two the next year. He won almost twenty games his first two years there, uh, seven and six in twenty twelve, which was his year three, and then his last year, there was some drama there, and uh, they started the year out three and two, and he was terminated. Then he goes to Florida Atlantic in twenty seventeen. He goes eleven and three, eight no in conference play. Twenty eighteen, he's five and seven, three and five in conference play. Okay, 2018, not a, you know, it's a little bit of a blemish on his record there. And then 2019, this year he's 7 and 1 in conference, 9 and 3 overall with a chance to win the the Conference USA, a chance to win the whole thing. He finished first in their Eastern Division twice now in just 3 years. He's got a 25 and 13 record, a near 2 to 1 win-loss record overall, 60 and 34 is his head coaching record. I, like I said, he's he's had some level of, of success everywhere he's been. It's really hard to look at that and say, you know what, it's Kiffin. I'm not I'm not interested. I am interested. Interest peaked, I guess you could say. All right, let's move on to the Little Rock game. I want to say a special shout-out to Timothy Wisent. The guy was my host down in Little Rock. Just such a great human being. He's I got to know him really well. He's been in my audience on the uh, Pictorial Network YouTube on the live show. He's been in my audience for a while now, and you know who he is when he comes in. Uh, he's Mr. T-Dub, and, and uh, he's he's an excellent guy. He's in our Discord and had a good time down there with him down in Little Rock. And I did run into, actually, right before halftime at the Mizzou game, Arkansas-Mizzou game, uh, I had someone, right as I was going into the bathroom, stop and talk to me for a little bit. And then someone else, right as I came out, I had two other people actually catch me and wanted to talk and, and uh, you know tell me how much they liked the show and how much they, they you know, well, they really wanted to talk about the coaching search. I could tell, but I was like, yeah, I got to get back to my seats. But they're really good people. And and as I always say, if you see me out in public, you know, I live up here in, in Springdale. If you guys see me out in public, hey, feel free. Don't be shy. All right? Feel free to approach me and we'll talk uh, whatever you want to talk about, huh? As long as – most of the time. Not all the time. Not all the time. So, um, anyways, down there at the game, Arkansas, I got to say, through four quarters, that was the that was the most – that was the most competitive I've seen them play all year, and I'm not going to go too far into this game. I will say Rakeem Boyd, I really wished he would have uh, cracked 100 yards, but he did end up with 21 catches, or excuse me, 21 carries. Sorry, I think that's the most carries he's had in a single game this year. I could be wrong, but 21 carries, 95 yards. His longest run from the line of scrimmage was 11 yards. How about Jack Lindsey? Uh, I know he wasn't perfect. I know he had a quarterback rating. I think it was adjusted at 38, which isn't great. 10 and 26 for 75 yards. But he did have a pair of passing touchdowns, no turnovers. And, yeah, he ran the ball four times for 50 yards with a 26-yard scamper. That's not too bad. The, the Razorbacks ran the ball 31 times for 165 yards. Mizzou was able to kind of get things going on the ground as well. It was really a sloppy game by them. You could tell they weren't playing for anything, and Arkansas just tried to show a little heart, and I think they did through four quarters. Uh, Barry Loney had a tall order in front of him, and I, I think he did the best he could given the circumstances against uh, the, the last two games of the year against LSU and Mizzou. I don't know what happens next. The rumor I was told was that the staff that the staff – at Arkansas, was told not to come back until Wednesday. I don't know what that means. Obviously, uh, well, we won't know until Wednesday what that means. If if it's even true, that may not be entirely entirely accurate. So please, 
you know, don't quote me on that. How about Bumper Pool though in that game? He was everywhere. Bumper Pool was everywhere. He he uh, finished the game with 13 tackles, a tackle for loss. Joe Fouché had 12 tackles. And uh, Dejon Harris, Scooter Harris actually had a sack and two tackles for loss. He actually had a pretty good ball game. Scooter did. Uh, and uh, also something that was kind of surprising: Arkansas played well. I, you know, the secondary was was better than than a, I thought they would play. They didn't play. Mizzou didn't play Kelly Bryant. They played Taylor Powell, who I, I believe got a little banged up. Uh, Taylor, who's actually played at uh, Fayetteville High, he finished 8 of 14 for 105 yards, a touchdown, and a pick with a quarterback rating at 62. Then Connor uh, Bazelak came in and finished 7 of 9 for 80 yards. They would finish 15 and 23 passes for 185 yards with a touchdown and a pick. Uh, I think it was Gregory Brooks who actually got an interception. I think it was Brooks. Correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, So that was that was cool. That was cool to see. Yeah, he did. It was Greg Brooks with a pick for 6 yards. Um, Traylon Burks got a little banged up down there as well. Burks finishes the year out with no touchdowns. I don't even know how that's possible. I don't, I do not know how that's possible. He had one catch for six yards. Mike Woods, two for 15. Trey Knox, one for 19 and a touchdown. Grayson Gunner, two for 16 with a touchdown as well. Uh, I mean, it went as expected. I honestly thought this, this game to me had Kelly Bryant played. I think it probably would have been like a 44 to 14 kind of game. Um, not that Kelly Bryant's anything super special, not that he was terrible at Mizzou, but not like he was great, but I do think you got to spot him like at least 14 points with him out there on the field. So that's why I believe Arkansas was able to hold this thing within the, uh, within the spread, which was, I think 12 and a half. So again, special thank you to, to, to Tim and, and to all the hog fans who approached me down in, down in Little Rock. I, I love this state and I love Little Rock. I know this, the great stadium debate was a little bit of a topic as you would, as one would assume when you play down in Little Rock, but the fans I felt like showed up. There were more fans there than I thought there would be. Okay. Given the circumstances with how bad this football program has been, you fired your head coach, and and then you had the weather. I was really surprised. And and Tim actually thought, and he brought up a really good point. Timothy brought up a really good point. He said he thought the reason why the crowd was the way it was was to support these guys, to support the Razorbacks, Barry Lunny. And, you know, they're creating a little bit of buzz when you fired the head coach. Let's see what the next guy can do. So I think he might have been onto something there. Um, as far as recruiting news with Razorback football, there are no updates. Okay, I, I don't have anything for you right now. I think there have been some targets, some Arkansas targets that have committed elsewhere. But when you fire a head coach, those guys are no longer targets. They're just guys who at one point in time were interested in Arkansas, and they could still be. It's all going to depend on who they hire, who they bring in next, whether or not those guys are still technically targets, if they still have uh, committable offers from Arkansas or not. Uh, so it's all going to depend on who the next guy is. If it's Kiffin, we'll see. He's, he is a name. That is another good good thing about Kiffin. He's a name in, in – uh, College football, you know, given what he did at USC is the, and what he did at uh, the fact that he was in the NFL and he's bounced around a little bit. He was the Alabama OC. So you wonder if he can have an impact on some of those guys that were, that were, that did have committable offers from Arkansas, or if he could maybe rein in some of these guys that decommitted. Is that a possibility? Whoever the next head coach is, can they do that? That's the question. So, all right, the uh, last thing I'll talk about here really quick, and then we'll get Jacob on. Arkansas took on Northern Kentucky, the Razorback basketball, the men's team. They win this one 66-60. They shot 
horrific at three-point range. We know they were without Mason Jones. That's a big deal. I, to my, in my opinion, Mason Jones is what makes this thing go. I know we want to talk about you know the improvement some of these other guys have made, Bailey and, and Witt, but uh, Mason Jones, in my opinion, makes this whole thing work. And without him, they're, they almost look like, I'm not going to say a completely different team, but they are a different team. Without Mason, you got to have Mason out there. But the Razorbacks, let's go over. Let's go over what Northern Kentucky did. These guys are no pushovers by any means. They came into this game with uh, with five wins. Uh, they shot thirty nine percent from the field and thirty three percent at uh, field goal range or at the three point range. They the most uh, threes Arkansas's given up this year coming in was three. This game they gave up eight. Uh, Northern Kentucky finished the game out 8 of 24, and at the free throw line, they shot 80%, 12 of 15, not too bad. They didn't get any help from their bench, but their leading scorer was Walton. This guy, he had a double-double. You know, I'm almost kind of surprised he didn't have a triple-double. He was a problem. He shot unbelievable from the from the uh, from the floor. He logged thirty eight minutes. Surprise, surprise. Ten of fourteen, four of six from three point range. He was six of eight at the free throw line. Um, one offensive rebound, nine defensive. So there's his ten rebounds, two assists, four steals, four blocks. Good grief, thirty points. This guy just, I mean, he was incredible. I'm sitting here thinking, like, what could Arkansas do with someone like this? On that roster, could you imagine? Holy cow! Uh, Faulkner was their second leading scorer, who had fourteen, who shot uh, one of four from three point range, four of thirteen from from the floor. He also logged. He logged more time, thirty nine minutes. Uh, Arkansas made this thing work inside the paint. How about that? They couldn't get the threes to land. So here's their numbers: Arkansas from the floor shot forty one, right at about forty two percent. 16% at three-point range. They were three of 18, and then at, free th- at the free throw line, really not that bad, almost uh, 78%, 77%, 17 to 22. And uh, they did get a little bit of bench help, all things considered. They got 11 points from Chaney and Harris. Uh, Chaney, who eventually fouled out, who had five personal fouls. But he did have, again, he had six points. Leading score was Jimmy Witt. How about that? I could be wrong. I think that's his season high is 24. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but he did have – he had a little bit of foul trouble there. He had four personal fouls. He nearly had a double-double with uh, with uh, nine total rebounds and, again, 24 points. Second leading scorer was Sills, 17. He was – hang on hang on to your to – your, if you're drinking a soda, you might be surprised at this. He was 0 for 5 at three-point. Imagine that. Imagine that. That guy, I wish he would stop. Trying to shoot threes. For the love of all things holy. For the love of God, Sills. If you think you've got an open shot, I don't care. Don't take it. Okay? Pass it to Joe or somebody else. Isaiah Joe was 2 of 10. Joe shot terrible. 20% from three-point range. They were they, they shot 16%. 3 of 18 there. And then they shot, again, they shot 77%. But forty almost 42% from the floor. That's not bad. Um, at the end of the day, this thing really came down to the final minute. I think it was a one point. I think Arkansas had the lead by one. And then Northern Kentucky had to foul there at the end. Thank God Arkansas made some shots, but, uh, or made, made their freebies there when they had to. That's really what won this game for them. And, and the fact they could move the ball around inside the paint and, and, uh, you know, get all up in NKU and force them to kind of readjust how they did things, but they, they came in and they brought it. I think they were actually missing one of their star players too. One of their better, one of their uh, guards. Um, so it's not like Arkansas just had Mason Jones. It was just, you know, like they had this, like the, the NKU 
also didn't have any guys missing. They did. So I I, I kind of go back to this. I don't know if just continue to relying on, on draining threes should be your one and only go-to. you got to have that other thing. And Arkansas has got a couple of guys that can hit those mid-range jumpers. They can, they can score down the paint if they try hard enough. If you've got Chaney down inside um, – you know, getting a little physical, getting a little physical in the paint, moving, moving the ball around, moving bodies. You know, just don't get into foul trouble, bigs. What bigs you do have on this roster, and they're 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 all but six foot eight. So, uh, but you're you're gonna have to figure something out when 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 again, here you are. This thing was within a point or two in the final minute. Imagine again if you're playing someone with more size and more talent. Settling for the three-point shot is not going to – it's not going to happen. If you're shooting 17% or not even 17, 16.7% at three-point range, three of 18, that's not going to win games in the SEC. And it's going to be a lot harder to body these guys inside when you play in the SEC. When you start getting into conference play, it's going to get a lot more challenging to do that. I, I know I say that all the time, but – uh, this was one of those games that, that I really thought Arkansas would win this thing by like 14. I really thought they would, or by more, maybe more. Um, Northern Kentucky, I didn't know a whole lot about them. Jacob will fill us in on some of that later on. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I get a little worried when they start missing three point. When they go, what was it against? Uh, was it Montana? They started out like 0 for 7 or 0 for 12 or something. Or was it uh, one of the Texas schools? I can't remember, but it's just it worries me when you get into conference play and you just keep trying to keep trying to keep trying. And people keep saying on Twitter, "Well, you got to shoot your way out of the out of the funk that you're in." My opinion is, how about we draw up something else? And ultimately, that's what Arkansas did, and it's why they won the game. They 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 tried to push the ball inside and uh, and make things happen down underneath. And and hey, they got the dub. That's what matters the absolute most. Um, Arkansas basketball recruiting is just – it's incredible. Moses Moody, KK, Devo, they've, they've got the pieces to make things work. Next year this team is going to be scary good, I think. Uh, you still got Connor, who's obviously has to set this year out. Boy, they're going to be special. I'm going to say that almost every time we talk about Arkansas basketball, but I'm so excited. But they're doing it this year. They're 7-0, and and they should be ranked. That's what we should be talking about. Why the hell aren't these guys ranked? For real, 7-0? and How many teams are left that are undefeated? Like 30? Is that what I saw today? And, and you're going to tell me, considering that these guys have, have taken on some decent mid-majors and, and uh, you know, look, they beat they beat Georgia Tech on the road. They beat a Power 5 on the road. They're 7-0? and And you don't have them ranked? What are you doing, son? What are you doing? They and Auburn are the only two undefeated teams. Next up, you got Kentucky at six and one, Mississippi State six and one, Tennessee six and one, Florida six and two. Have you guys watched Texas A&M play yet, or Alabama? They are atrocious. A&M is terrible. Alabama is not much better, and Missouri's oh yeah, you know we'll we'll have to wait and see about Missouri and South Carolina. I did not expect South Carolina to start the year out five and three. Vanderbilt's five and two. Ole Miss five and two. LSU five and two. I'm sorry, LSU, the cheaters, five and two, Georgia, five and two, and Florida, six and two. Florida's another school. I'm a little surprised they're struggling. You know, they shouldn't be six and two. But again, some of these schools I just mentioned, like LSU and Florida, uh, and maybe even South Carolina. I, I don't know. South Carolina, they might actually be pretty bad this year. But some of those other teams I mentioned, and you got Tennessee at six and one. If you don't think they're going to be playing 
some damn good ball in February. I don't, I don't know. I, I think they're going to. Mississippi State, 6-1. and one, They're going to be legit. The SEC is going to be tough. They didn't start out the way I think people thought they would. Certainly, I didn't. I, I definitely did not see uh, LSU at 5-2 and two or Florida at 6-2. Uh, at, uh, and two. I didn't see that coming. But that's just how this thing goes, though. It shouldn't shock anybody. When it comes time in February, they're going to be balling out, and it's going to be that much tougher. You know, that's when things get serious. That's when everyone starts playing, you know, better ball, typically, assuming you're not injured and banged up and, and uh, whatever. So, all right, next segment, we're going to bring Jacob on. So, stick around. Next up, here on the Hog Talk Podcast, our Monday host himself, Mr. Jacob Scott Davis. All right, welcome back, Razorback fans, to the Hawk Talk podcast. With me is the one and only Jacob Scott Davis, who is out of town working, but he was kind enough to take a little time uh, to, uh, to to put aside some time to talk about some things this week that's happened, and, and there's a lot to cover. But, Jacob, first, I want to know how you're doing, buddy. Well, man, driving down beautiful Highway 35 back to Sheridan, Arkansas. So I'm doing, doing pretty good. Been bailing <laughs> some people out of jail. Getting, making people happy during Thanksgiving weekend—that's what I do now. So, hey, it is what it is. I'm just ready. To, I'm just glad to be back. It's been two weeks too long. Yeah, Miss you guys. Yeah, Miss we guys. we had to we had to find a way to get you back on. I'm glad we could make it work. Really quick, I'm sure what you just said probably confused some people. You want to tell people what you're doing? Well, I'm still working at McCord Tiger Drug and Sheridan too, but on my side side gig here, bailing people out of jail. I've I actually got jurisdiction over Grant County, Arkansas, but uh, been gifted with Saline County too. So, all you listeners on here, if you need bail, call Jacob. There you go. Eight seven zero nine four two 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 four five. There's your plug right there. Why not? Heck yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a. I wish you were up here in Washington County because I'd, I'd probably have to call you. Um, you know, getting in trouble on Dixon Street. Just, just kidding. I, I'm, I'm well, a good guy. I don't get. I stay out of trouble. Well, there's going to be a lot of fans that are probably going to be arrested throwing fits in Fayetteville and Washington County just because of who they hire for football coach. <laughs> You're probably right about that, honestly. So let's start there. Um, I know there's there's a lot of smoke right now around one name. There's uh, There's one name right now that everyone is talking about. I've had I don't know how many times. Someone has posted something on a message board, and then it gets sent to me, and and I just I don't know whether to roll my eyes and laugh, or start to believe maybe this is that smoke gathering around the fireplace that we talk about so often, uh, that maybe there's something there. And that guy, well, it's Lane Kiffin. That's the guy. I, I, there's a lot of smoke around this guy's name. Now I, I do believe that Campbell for half the week was all everybody was talking about, but now it's really switched over with the plane tracking. Supposedly the uh, a plane left from Springdale down to Boca, uh, down to Florida. Uh, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of smoke around his name right now. And I, I I'm going to say, I think there might be something to it. I'm not saying that Kiffin's the guy. So Jacob, I want you, we're going to do something a little bit different. I want you to give me two names, and I want you. You're going to sell them to me. Sell them okay. to our fans, and sell them to me. Uh, your number one guy you want at Arkansas. 
sell them to me. You're you're selling me a this coach. Yeah, it's all you. So if you watch, if you monitor my social media accounts, you obviously know who my number one guy is, and that's Lane Kiffin. Lane <laughs> Kiffin. He spent a year at Tennessee, went seven and six, uh, lost his bowl game, uh, jump ship to USC because at that time USC was a prominent job. They just got. Uh, dunked by Pete Carroll, went to the NFL, and Lane jumped ship, went to USC. Had a pretty successful couple of years there. I think he was there four years before being fired on the runway at the airport and said, uh, you, you you aren't coming back home, Lane. You're not coming back home. You just lost to Arizona. Okay, so he took the mature way and went on to Alabama, coordinated there, and pretty much revolutionized what? Alabama is today, their offense. And you saw him have relationships and what he did with Jalen Hurts, what he did with Tua Tugavalaya, and and what kind of offense he made Alabama. I mean, he went from a one back, you better run up straight down the middle with Jake Coker and, and all his guys. And then you have uh, then you have Jalen Hurts come and you have Tua come and this offense became explosive. Henry Ruggs. All, all those guys, it, it, and those are Lane Kiffin guys. I like what I saw out of him, and then he goes to FAU, goes 11-2 and two his first year. Kind of slides back a little bit to 5-7 and seven last year, but now he has his team in the position to win the Conference USA Championship. Now, the guys won at every level. Yeah, he had a, he had a couple of immature spats early on, but he's in his 40s now. And I'm sure, I mean, as you grow older, the, the, the more mature you get, I hope. And I think Lane Kiffin is the man for the job. Okay. I so think that's your do well. That's your first guy. I want to I add on by saying this. You said he won at all levels. He wasn't very good at Oakland. He, he went four. He went four and twelve. Then he was fired. Not even halfway through the through his second season, he had a win percentage sub to uh, right at two fifty. Um, Tennessee, he did. Now I remember that year; they were not expected. They were they were kind of looked at as maybe making a bowl game. He got him to seven and six his first year there, and then and like you said, beat, like you beat Alabama that year. Yeah, and they finished second in the uh, in the SEC East, which I think at that time was the highest they'd finished in the East in uh, in a few years, way back in uh, 09. He goes to USC, like you said. He does have a pretty good, uh, an okay run there. His first two years, he nearly wins 20 games, and then he kind of, you know, it just kind of goes south from there. And we know US, yeah. USC, if you don't win 10 games a year there, they're going to fire you. They fired their coach today, as a matter of fact, who just finished the season 8-4. and four. I mean, Arkansas yeah, would yeah. kill for an eight and four record. Um, but I, I'm going to say this again. I, I've never, he's never been my number one guy. But the more you put him under the the microscope, he does, he stands out a little bit. And there's definitely a recruiting tie there that you, you'd have to be, you know. I mean, the guy could probably go just about anywhere and recruit. There's an advantage there. Um, so I, I like it. I, I like it. I'm not saying I'm for or against it, but I, you know what? I, I'm not going to be uh, upset at all. By the way, this is being reported about Lane Kiffin. It's everywhere right now. 24-7 Sports reported right before we started recording that Arkansas officials were in Boca Raton uh, where Kiffin lives, and uh, that's where they were at. And this was this was uh, an hour ago. And then, uh, I don't know, this website, The Spun, reported Arkansas was interviewing head coaching candidates today and that they were also in Boca. So there's definitely some steam there. All right, your number two guy, go. Okay, I like 
Justin Fuente. It's not Fuentes, folks. It's Fuente. Get you on a correct right. Justin Fuente, he's 38. I think he's 37 and 16 overall at Virginia Tech. He's won nearly 70 games in his uh, two stops, uh, one at Memphis, one at Virginia Tech. He's following up a legend, Frank Beamer, at Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. And you know how hard it is to follow up a legend. Look what look at Florida State. Look how they, you know, with 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 uh, who they had in the Jimbo, and now here they are uh, in another coaching search two years later after they uh, let let Jimbo loose. Look, Justin Fuente can coach. I'm telling you, he had one of the youngest rosters, similar to Arkansas, this past season. One of the youngest in the country and still made it to a bowl game. He has a lot of positive upside if he returns. They're obviously going to be favorites for the Coastal Division again. So, in the ACC, I think Arkansas, if they can get him, they could get him uh, for about the same price as what he's getting at Virginia Tech. He has recruiting ties to the area, whether it's in Memphis or Tulsa. And he also could uh, get a staff in there that maybe could get Texas, too. So, I think Justin Fuente would be an excellent hire just because he's a, a pretty good regional uh, regional name and would do well at Arkansas. Yeah, they, that's a program that's very. I think is in some ways similar, but they're in a, a you know where they can recruit. There, it's they're just at a pretty clear advantage over there. And it's always struck me as odd that his names really even come up. But um, do you know like why? Why? What is this? Is he is Virginia Tech wanting him gone? What's the story here? Why is his name even coming up that Arkansas is going to be able to pluck him away from there? Well, look, Frank Beamer didn't win as many games down the stretch. Virginia Tech had kind of retreated back to, you know, just getting into bowl games and, and just getting into bowl games every year, winning them. And, I mean, seven and six, eight and four is where they were at. And now mm-hmm. Justin Fuente, yeah, he won a couple of – he has a couple of ten-win seasons there. And then he had to, he had a fallback last year. Now he's bouncing back, uh, lost to Virginia, which would have got them into the uh, ACC division champion or uh, the conference championship game in the ACC. I think yeah. a lot of people just think that he should be winning at a higher clip, and he's not. But he's not doing a terrible job either. Yeah, 2016, they go 10-4 and four his first year there, 9-4 yes. and four the next year, and then uh, in, in 2017, 9-4, and four, and then 2018, 6-7, then this year, 8-4. and four. That's not too bad. I, I'm not – that's another name who, who, who kind of popped up there before we – the week before – well, I guess really coming out of the LSU week, his name, I started seeing more and more. And I was just, I was a little confused as to why we were seeing his name so much. Um, so I, I, I don't know that that's a realistic option for Arkansas or not. Um, he's making right now right at about $4 million a year over there, I think. He's 43 years old. He's from, like you said, he's from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he's got a pretty good, uh, pretty good background. What he did at Memphis was was pretty excellent. He was also at TCU as a running back slash uh, quarterback coach over there. And a lot of people I've talked to, too. what's that? He was a former Oklahoma quarterback as well. Yeah, oh, that's very true. Yeah, his, his playing there. career. Yeah, and I think he he uh, transferred out or something. I, I can't remember what happened, but he wound up at a smaller school. Um, after Oklahoma back in the late nineties, I, I I know that much, but uh, yeah. It's an interesting it, this coaching carousel. There's so many other options out there. I know right now nobody here knows. None of us know. We know that Kiffin's name has come up quite a bit, and it is it's intriguing. And as soon as something happens, the three of us, Jacob, 
and Porter and myself are talking about possibly doing a live show. It might be over on my YouTube channel. If we can, if we can get something working on Facebook, we might do it there as well. So we'll keep you guys posted on, on that. All right. I got to get your reaction, Jacob. Arkansas, uh, Northern Kentucky, this thing was too close for comfort. We know Arkansas was missing uh, one of its better players. Uh, what was your reaction to this game? Arkansas does win. They're 7-0. and A win's a win. I get it. But is there anything here? That they finished 66-60. to Yeah. Just give me your final thoughts on this bad boy. Well, Northern Kentucky's not a just – you just pound them, pound them, pound them. They're not a low mid-major. They're – they're actually a pretty solid program. One of the newer ones in Division One basketball. I mean, they pushed Florida. They, they pushed uh, the Kentucky Wildcats in previous years. So I wasn't surprised that they gave Arkansas a game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they admit Arkansas was missing their leading scorer, Mason Jones, my boy. Uh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> I knew you were going to get that in there. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, they were missing him. I'm sure if uh, – if he would have played, he would have made, made Arkansas probably would have won by 10 or 15. But a uh, guy like Desi Seals uh, played valuable minutes. Him mm. and his penetration into the uh, into the uh, lane, it, it's just one of the better ones, better guards I've seen. Uh, I wouldn't compare it to, yet to Jalen Barford, but that, I mean, he has such body control, and the way he can move in, in and around big men is just impressive to me. I like that. Uh, need to get Isaiah Joe going again. We know the three-point ball isn't uh, falling like they should. Uh, and Musman knows that. Uh, Musman did say after uh, in the post game that uh, practice wasn't going to be wasn't wasn't not going to be physical. It, they, so Arkansas guys, they're they're going to be they're going to be in for a couple of physical practices uh, before Tuesday's game. But I, I wasn't surprised that Northern Kentucky gave Arkansas a ball game. I wasn't surprised about the score being close either, uh, despite Mason Jones being out. Yeah, I think they were actually missing a, their point guard as well, so they were missing somebody. Um, I, I just I don't understand. You know, this team shot sixteen percent at three point range, uh, three of eighteen. That's just terrible. But what they did do, and, and I think I said this on our Marco Polo, I was so happy they found where there's a will, there's a way, and they got their they got the majority of their points, I believe. Oh, yeah down in the paint um yeah I, I, I northern kentucky not a real big team so obviously arkansas was able to make things work down there and they sh- you know they they shot 41 percent from the from the floor um and i will say too they had you know like you said they've had a couple of other guys step up desi seals had 17 points um i think that's uh, maybe i'm wrong i think that's yeah. a season high for stills for seals um but he was 0 for 5 at three-point range imagine that uh, what? So Arkansas next up. They've got. They've. I think they might have Tulsa. Might be pretty tough, but they they don't have Tulsa yet. They've got APSU. Then they're on the road against Western Kentucky. Then they have Tulsa. What are you looking to see going into uh, going into this Western Kentucky game? And, and like I said, I know they've got APSU first. But what are you kind of looking to see as this as they get closer and closer to the Western Kentucky game? What, what are you hoping to see out of the Hogs leading into that game? You know, I want to continue to see good three-point defense. I think uh, Northern Kentucky only hit five three-pointers uh, last night. So continuing uh, to, you know, force teams to shoot uh, under their average from three uh, with a good three-point defense. Maybe uh, maybe concentrate on, on getting Reggie Chaney more valuable minutes. 
uh, getting Gentile Sela going, and and several other guys that that haven't really contributed. They contributed uh, defensively, but maybe getting their offensive game going a little bit. Um, the games being at home, I want to be able to see Arkansas have more offensive uh, output than what they have, uh, what they did last night. But it was it, you know, I just want to see wins continue to be impressive, especially when you have other teams like Florida, Kentucky, LSU, uh, Alabama losing games that they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. As long as Arkansas continues to win those games, that's what, that's all I want to see. Because come conference time, it's going to be a different story. Our size yeah. and stuff is going to is going to show its rear end, and and you know it may not end well, but. Arkansas can continue beating the teams they should. I think they'll be all right. Uh, with great defense comes uh, comes great possibilities, and that is absolutely I think what's going on. Northern Kentucky they did it was it was eight three point shots is what they ended up hitting. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, but uh, that is the most by far. Uh, the, the, oh, up yeah. until this game, it was three, and and uh, these guys found a way outside, which is bizarre because. Uh, Arkansas played so well out in the uh, out in the perimeter for these guys to come in and hit eight out of twenty four, shoot thirty three percent out there was a little surprising. But uh, yeah, I'm with you though. I I I want to I want to see them continue to grow and they and and it look maybe they found their plan B. Maybe they found a way to move the ball inside a little bit more consistently. Um, so I think that's going to do it, Jacob. I know you're on the road, so I'm going to let you go. Uh, but thank you so much for joining, man. I really do appreciate it. All right, buddy. I can't wait to listen. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to get back in my studio and and get things going full time again. But until then, I'll see you later, bud. Absolutely. Take it easy, Jacob. Thanks again. All right, buddy. See ya. So, uh, so awesome to get him to make the time for us to stop by and say hello to everybody. And of course, Jacob is our is typically like I said earlier. He's typically our Monday host, and I'm the Friday host, but. Uh, he's just he's super busy, got stuff going on, and I don't mind at all filling in. So I think that is going to do it. I think that's going to finish the episode out. I want to say, as always, thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day to download these episodes. We're coming up on 20,000 total downloads. That's absolutely incredible. I'm so proud of uh, what we've been able to do here, and, and we wouldn't be here without you guys. As always, thank you so much. You make it that much more fun and and uh we wouldn't be here without you so again that's gonna do it i'm ty hudson from the pig Troll network youtube channel and on behalf of jacob and porter we will see you guys on the next episode woo pig go hogs hopefully we'll have a a coach by the next episode one can hope all right till next time you guys be good go hogs thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.